Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, January 13th, and uh, we're recording this um, post-Jonathan Isaac, post some some games won um, from you know our, our West Coast trip. So definitely a lot of exciting things to go over today. Al, what's going on? What's going on, man? Can't believe it's already Friday, but here we are. <laughs> here we are, man. We got we got some news. So before we we deep dive into um, you know our, our topics for today, um, we want to announce some changes that that are are going to happen moving forward. Um, some things that we're we're really excited about. Um, some things that have been a long time coming. Al and I, we've had this discussion maybe a million and nine times, um, and we we kept going back and forth and we just never pulled the trigger and we've decided, you know, it's time. And, uh, Al, do you want to, do you want to share what that is? Yeah. So it's a uh, bittersweet news. Actually. Uh, it's really exciting actually. Uh, but it is a sentimental part of it too. So it basically comes down to the name of the podcast. So nothing will change as to the day to day. The podcast will still be recorded on Thursday nights. It will still drop every Friday but going forward, the new name is going to be the Orlando Magic HQ podcast. Hey. Um, as Anthony mentioned, we've talked about this uh, quite a bit over the past really like two years. We're like, hey, do we make everything in our brand match? As you guys know, we have the website, orlandomagichq.com, where we got our articles being posted by our writers. We have a videographer and photographer that goes to the games and is doing that work for us. We now have the Twitter spaces being done uh, after every game and also after every breaking news that happens. And then we have the podcast. So the podcast was the only thing that kind of felt like a lonely child with a different name. Uh, we had a different Twitter handle for it from since we started it back in 2019. And again, for the longest time, we've been like, wait, how do we make it all match? How do we make it all one brand so we don't have to be, you know, the Olson podcast and Orlando Magic HQ? Um so again, we we talked about it over the past few weeks a little more in depth, and we decided to finally pull the trigger. Um, it is a random episode. Today will be our 141st episode that we're recording with this name. Um, it will actually be our final. Um, if everything goes as planned, next week, our first Orlando Magic HQ podcast episode will be released. So um, bittersweet news, again, for, for those of us that that have been listening since day one, have been supporting us since day one. But again, the day-to-day will not change. We're still going to be your host. Everything will be the same. Just some graphic changes. Um, our Twitter handle will change, but that's about it. Any any words for our audience, uh, Ant? Yeah, so uh, new name, same podcast. Um, for, for the OG listeners that, you know, you've been listening for a long time, if you remember early on in the beginning, um, the the Ozone podcast. Uh, well, let me let me take it a step, you know, further behind. Um, so originally, Orlando Magic HQ was just an Instagram page. That's that's all it all it was. Where I was just posting really news and updates and rumors and a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Even before then, you know, it was Orlando Magic rumors. So definitely a lot of changes has happened. Um, and then we started the podcast, but the podcast had nothing to do 
um, with that entity, with that that social media page. And, um, you know, as the podcast grew, there was a lot of changes that happened in between. And long story short, it just ended up just being Al and I. Um, and um, during that time period, you know, as you can imagine, um, the day to day was was tough doing a solo. So I had asked Al to join me and we were able to really grow um, Orlando Magic HQ from just being a social media page to now being, you know, a, a multi-platform um, Orlando Magic Orlando Magic coverage team, a team of of seven that we have now. And as you said before, from from websites to articles to getting uh, getting credentials to videographers to all types of different mediums of of magic coverage, uh, we we've got to a point where it just makes sense to to get the name change. It was like the one thing that was kind of kind of odd that didn't that didn't match. Even even when we got our credentials, it was it was confusing because it was the Ozone podcast slash Orlando Magic HQ. Like it was just too much going on that we we really didn't like and we felt like it, it's it's right. It's time. And uh we're we're excited. So major, major shout out um to you know our, our Patreon members um that really helped in in giving the feedback from Preston to Yachty to to Dylan, Mr. Mikey, Michael Martin. You know, I appreciate your feedback because uh you know your feedback really mattered to us and was was really the uh deciding factor in in us being able to move forward yeah uh, like you mentioned it wasn't easy uh we we asked our wives we asked our patreon members um so we really wanted to take people's feedback and, and some think, of them I think say, we, were, we were we were asking a lot of people so that we wouldn't change like somebody stop us from making this decision <laughs> <laughs> and nobody and trust me Till the last minute, we had our, our, our moments. We're like, wait, are we really doing this? Are we really making all these changes? Because behind the scenes, too, guys, it's, it's a ton of work, right? So everything changes from graphics to the YouTube. Everything is different. Um, so it took a lot of work, but we're excited to say it's finally happening. And again, don't be worried about the day-to-day. -day. Uh, again, the, the podcast quality, it, it, all that's going to be the same. Nothing's going to be changing. If anything, heads up it's going to be more content to you guys. So last week we talked about Stanley joining our team and doing the Twitter spaces, which by the way, big shout out to him doing an amazing work and hosting those Twitter spaces after every game. Uh, love the fan engagement, the, the fact that they're able to chip in with their thoughts and opinions on the team and what's happening. Um, we're actually going to be including that audio in our podcast feed going forward. That was also something that for us was important. We didn't want to confuse you guys. This is an awesome podcast, but yet, we're being, uh, we're listening to some Twitter spaces that are being done um, and being published on that feed. So again, so it all made sense. Orlando Magic HQ now is the entity, is the, the the holding company, let's call it. And then everything will feed through it from now on. So going forward again, even more content. So you have our weekly podcast episodes, plus every single Twitter space that gets done, we're going to be posting it here in our feed as well going forward. So if you're a Magic fan and you, you're craving that Magic content, get ready. That is coming. Yeah, man. For everyone that asks, can you guys do more episodes? Uh, can you do two a week, three a week? Can you do daily podcasts? <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we've tried. like We've we've thought about doing it, but uh, life-wise, it, it just didn't allow for us to do that. So this will allow for there to be more content that people can listen to 
on the way to work, on the way home, you know, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of times that we have, you know, emotions after games. We want to hear, we want to, we want to talk about it. We're like, we don't want that experience to end. And this is a way for that experience to, to be able to continue. So really excited about that. We're actually planning on having uh, Stanley Swanson join our next episode. Um, that way the people that aren't familiar with Stanley or who don't have Twitter and have no idea what we're talking about, get a chance to be able to get to know him a little bit and kind of hear, you know, all the great work that we're doing in, in that space. Yes, sir. So let's kick it off. The last episode of the Ozone Podcast. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a good one. So, um, you know, on on that note, enough enough with the housekeeping. Let's let's get into it. So this past week, um, you know, we we continue our our, our West Coast road trip where we took on um, the Golden State Warriors, uh, a team that did not have Klay Thompson, did not have Stephen Curry, um, but still had Jordan Poole. They still had Draymond Green, and it was still in Golden State. Want to talk a little bit about that game? Yeah, man. So every time you play the Warriors, defending NBA champs, you, you know, you got to take the, that to the next level. Whether they have Clay, Steph, whoever they have, they're still going to be a competitive team. And the Magic did a great job going to Golden State, starting off the home, uh, the West Coast road trip with a huge win, 115-101. Big shout out to Paolo and Kara, man. Paolo did a great job in that game, 25 points, five rebounds, three assists, one block, actually one steal in that one, shot the ball well. And then, of course, France, man. France has been on a tear lately, which we'll talk about plenty of him today. 24 points for him as well, really picking it up in the fourth quarter and securing that win for us. Really impressive win just because we came out of a, a tough loss that Thursday uh, before we were headed out to the road trip. Um, so a great way to get started. So really impressive. Can't say enough things about the, the young, the, that young duo, Paolo and Franz. Yeah, and absolutely whooping on the Golden State Warriors. Every game um, this season has been um, something to put your hat on and and be excited about. Just because, man, we we heard the trash that Draymond Green was talking about, um, you know, in in the shop with LeBron James and and whatnot. So to to be able to go out there and you know put a put a whooping on them is is feel good because um, that that's the type of stuff that we need when we look on paper and we're we're thinking, all right. If the play-in is serious, if we're really trying to win games, you know, Golden State Warriors, when we're looking at the matchup, and this is even before knowing, you know, who's who's on the roster, who we're playing, you know, we could look at it and be like, all right, maybe that's not the game that we're gonna we're gonna win. You know, we we look at teams that we should beat, that we don't beat. You know, I, I feel like getting a big win against Golden State, um, regardless of who's playing, you know, that that balances that out. So that's that's exciting. And then we fall down, unfortunately, against a, a massive loss against the Sacramento Kings, 136-111. Uh, this was a game where the Kings just were playing really, really good basketball. This is not the same Sacramento Kings from, from past where, where it felt like they were the laughing stock of the NBA. Not saying that we weren't there, too, but um, they, they just weren't playing good basketball. And they, they haven't for a while. And, and this year, what Mike Brown has been able to do with that team has been absolutely insane. Um, you know, the, the, the Monte Sabonis has been playing really, really good basketball. Um, they, they, they just have a really good team there. They have a really good, um, hype about them right now. Um, and unfortunately, you know, against the Kings, they hit 23, three pointers against us, which is a franchise, a new franchise record for them. It always seems like it, it happens against the Orlando magic. It's like the, the Harrison Barnes ends up going <laughs> off to, 
you know, we haven't heard of Harrison Barnes in so so damn long. And and it seems like these are the type of teams, these are the type of players that they they want to they want to go off against the Magic, and and rightfully so. We did not play good basketball. It was it was a tough beating from beginning to end, and was not a fun game to watch. Going against the beating the Golden State Warriors at in, like in Golden State, and then coming out and getting destroyed by Sacramento really had a lot of the fan base kind of you know it, it's a shot it's a shot to the gut, and it's it's unfortunate. <clears throat> but that's the way that the NBA is, man. There, there's going to be games that you win. There's going to be games that you lose. But you don't want to lose in that fashion. One thirty-six and one eleven is is a tough pedal to swallow. For sure, like you said, they they seem to just whatever they threw up there from three point range, it just went in. Doesn't matter whether they wide open, they were well defended. It was just everything was going in. Fifty percent for the Kings in that game from three point range. It, it's not going to cut it. You can't stop and be a team that's shooting it that well. Um, but yeah, thankfully, a guy that. With the Kings, always kills us. Trey Lyles off the bench. 14 points, five rebounds, three three-pointers for him. I, I don't get that guy, man. That guy does not play well against anyone else in the league, but it's one of those magic killers that whenever we face him, I'm like, watch him go off. They didn't quite go off, but still, 14 points in 16 minutes, that's a pretty good game for him. Um, I just don't get it, how those random dudes that just kill the magic, and they do it every single yeah, time. I, I don't it, know how that happens. It happens. It's, it's, it's weird, and it happens... <clears throat> There's always like that one guy on the team that you don't expect to go off that ends up going off. And it's yep. it gets frustrating, man, because it's like, how how do you let that happen? You know, but you lose against Sacramento. What's important is in some of the things that I feel like the Magic have done a good job of lately is being able to bounce back. You lose against Sacramento, but on to the next one, you end up facing the Portland Trailblazers that that had, you know, Damian Lillard, uh, Central Florida kid in, in Afrini Simons. Um, we were able to get a win, 109-106, and this was a game that we feel like the Magic were just dominating, you know, early on and, and to a point where we were winning by, like, 19 points. Um, yep. The Blazers, they were struggling from the field. Um, they shot, what, 17% from three-point line. They were not playing good basketball. Um, but somehow towards the end of the game, we still allow for that 19 point lead to to kind of slip. And 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 it ended up being a really, really close game at the end. Um, I feel like this was a good a good game to watch when we talk about how late these games were. If you're staying up until, you know, midnight, 1230 to watch you watch your team get their ass beat by Sacramento, you're you're not you're not happy about that. Right. But. Going toe to toe against the Blazers, against a, a, a player in Damian Lillard, and it's midnight, and you're you're hyped about it. And the fact that the Magic were able to pull off a win um, against Portland in Portland um, was dope because massive win. I will say, however, that last possession stressed me out so bad. If there's one thing that I pray and hope that the Magic end up addressing is, you would think that with as many big men that we have on this team that are one advantage that the magic have when you when you talk about uh what we're able to do and in, in our size and and what you know the other announcers they're they're saying about us is that we're a big basketball team you got six foot ten passing the ball to another six foot ten passing the ball to another six foot ten that's driving down the lane and throwing alley-oop to another player that's six foot ten 
But I feel like we can't rebound the damn basketball, and that's the one thing that drives me insane. We give up too many second-chance points, and then the the last play of the game where they were able to have three opportunities to tie the game up um, was was scary because they had a lot of really, really good looks. Yeah, I mean, that was a wild game. So to your point, we, we jumped off to, like, I think a 19-point lead in the first half. Some way, somehow, we lost that. It was a tied game at halftime. Then we pulled the lead back up in the third quarter to 11 or 12. And then in the fourth quarter, we went ahead and uh, we almost lost the lead. We thankfully held on to it and ended up winning the game. But yeah, man, that last possession, actually the last two possessions. Oh, my goodness. So that foul on Gary Harris against uh, Lillard. That was wild. And not only, wait, it's not only the fact they called that foul, which, by the way, wasn't a foul. But then the two-minute report comes out the next day and validates that the ref made the right call. I'm like I don't how? I don't know like I don't know how much more straight Gary um Gary Harris's arms could be in that in that possession. It, it was it was insane. And the fact that the two minute report ended up coming out, it makes me feel good at least that Coach Mose um you know didn't just waste a a, a coach's challenge on on another play that you could have used on this play. You really like foresight is you know you, you really don't know, but mm-hmm. the fact that he got a a challenge to go through was was also exciting but it's 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 crazy because i i've watched a play over and over and over i'm like i don't know no, I don't see no i don't see no it. They're, they're talking about some lower body contact i'm like there, there's nothing there nothing whatsoever but it is what it is point is right after that they come back and like you said they had three chances not only that but two of those three-point shots that they took were literally wide open so we got wide lucky open. they missed those um, but to your point, we got to do a better job slapping the ball away. Just do something to get the ball out of the possession of, of the team that, that's trying to tie the game because it happens every time with the Magic. I feel like when the game matters most, we cannot grab that rebound to secure the win. Um, we got to get better at that. But a huge win, especially after losing the night before in Sacramento. This was a third game in four nights on the West Coast. Not an easy challenge at all. They pulled it off. And by the way, props to us. I think last week we both predicted two and one record. We both yep. said we, we can beat Golden State and we can beat one of the Kings or the Blazers, and we got that right. So That's really right. good start to the road trip. Um, we have a, a huge game tonight against the, the Jazz. I know they've been playing really well. But if we can pull off the win today, I think if we can manage to win three games out of five in this road trip, that is a huge win for the Magic. Yeah, and and how how can we move forward without <clears throat> without highlighting how Franz Wagner was in that game uh, fourth quarter, Franz dropped 15 points it's by himself. Fourth quarter, like the dude is just nasty. When when you really talk about like who's the first option between Franz and Paolo, like you really don't know. Like who is the first option? Uh, they they both handle the the offense so so well. Um, Franz is is just man at, at six foot ten. The way that he's able to drive down the lane. Um, and find a way to to be able to get to the basket effectively is is insane. Um, when and we'll we'll talk a little bit about some comments that we heard later on. Um, but when you take a look at kind of how that draft ended up being, what a steal by the Orlando Magic and and you know Jeff Weltman, uh, John Hammond, they they definitely deserve the kudos because they saw things that that we didn't see. Whether that was from the investment system that they used, that they were able to analyze college players that were that was proprietary that no other team was able to use or their scouting team, whatever whatever it is, the, the partnership that they have with Michigan, whatever it is, kudos to them because, man, Franz is just 
Franz had a really good rookie season, a really freaking good rookie season. And the fact that he's following up the rookie season with an incredible sophomore season, um, I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, his name wasn't at least mentioned with, um, you know, the, the all-star voting. I'm not, I wasn't expecting for him to get in at all, but um, the fact that his name wasn't mentioned more, I, I find it, I find it crazy. Yeah, I mean, what what else can you say about France, man? Not only in the road trip, but throughout the whole season, he he started a little bit slow shooting the three point ball. I know we early on were kind of concerned that his three point shooting was not there, but we also knew he played Euro basket. He was tired from that. He would take a little while to kind of catch up. Um, but man, look at his last five games. So starting with Washington, December thirtieth, twenty eight points. He followed up with Memphis with twenty two, Golden State twenty four, Sacramento sixteen. 29 against the Blazers. So he's averaging approximately 23, 24 points a night, shooting it well over 40% from three-point range and well over 50% from field goal range. It's unreal that this kid is doing what he's doing. Um, One of the best scoring players in the NBA right now in the fourth quarter. And not only that, one of the best finishing players around the basket in the NBA at his height. We expect that. But my goodness, to your point, when we drafted him last year, I know we many of us were like, who, why, why are we doing this? Looking back, thank God we did that because unfortunately for Jalen Suggs, he has not quite panned out just yet. Hopefully he'll be healthy and, and he'll catch up. But right now, it's truly, thankfully, it's kind of like I see it in my eyes as we picked Franz fifth and Suggs eighth. And Suggs is kind of a disappointment, the one that we kind of like, why did we do that? But man, Franz has been absolutely ridiculous lately. Um, just how mature he is. This kid never seems rattled. He never seems uh, out of place. He knows what he's doing. Just completely impressed. And we'll, we'll talk plenty about him here later on in the podcast, but incredible job against the Blazers in the fourth quarter. Just truly just saying, give me the ball, and I'm going to win this game. Yeah, really good basketball. I'm excited to see what um, these next few games look like as we end our West Coast road trip. Um, the Magic are now 11-6 in their last 17 games. So obviously an impressive bounce back um, after the way that the season started. Um, let, let me ask you, when it comes to the new starting lineup that we have now, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Wagner, Bancaro, Wendell, what are your thoughts on that lineup? And if you remember um, earlier before the season started, this was the lineup I wanted. I wanted Gary Harris in that yep. in that two guard position. Um, what what are your what are your thoughts on on that group so far? So first of all, I think what it's telling me is the Magic are actually trying to win. Why do I say that? To your point, Gary Harris being the shooting guard, it, it, he's a vet. He's a shooter, guy that can defend. Um, joining a very young lineup. Add some good balance in there. We knew we needed a, a vet in the starting lineup to kind of balance things off, but also some shooting. And the Magic are saying, hey, we're trying to win. We're trying to really make this run at the playing tournament, or so it seems. And they're doing it. By, by playing this starting lineup, that's what that tells me. Um, in a perfect world, being 100% honest, I would love for Harris to be replaced eventually by Jalen Suggs if he stays healthy, if he shows that he's finally hitting some shots. But right now, at this moment, it is the perfect starting lineup for the Orlando Magic just because, again, it is a really good balance, good leadership, good, again, a vet presence in there. I really like what I've seen out of it. I think it's a lineup that is is telling our fan base we're trying to win games, and that's what I like the most about it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. Gary Harris hasn't been, throwing, you know, balling 
out of the gym. Like he hasn't had fantastic games, but I do believe that he brings a, a level of balance. When you look at the the team, you have a traditional lineup with Mark Hill as your true point guard, Gary Harris as your true shooting guard, Wagner at that three spot, followed by Ben Carroll and Carter. And I think that having a vet with that group is really, really important. Um, you know, this 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 lineup was was pretty much uh, allowed in a sense because of you know Bobo being out with with health and protocol. Um, we we saw a variation of this early on in the season with um, Terrence Ross, um, and and in that position you want to be able to have have a shooter, and and I think that you know regardless of how well or not well Gary Harris has been playing, um, he's still a threat out there. You have to be able to respect him um, and respect his shooting. So I I personally like this lineup. Um, I agree with what you're saying. It, it does show to me that the Magic are trying to win. They're they're trying to go out there and compete, and that's exactly the message that that we want to be able to send. Um, really, the biggest difference maker has been Markel Fultz. Uh, the Magic are now 11 and 10 with Markel in the starting lineup, and previously we were 5 and 16 without him. You know how good has Markel Fultz been for the Orlando Magic? I mean, my goodness. Really quickly before we, we talk about Markel, quick point on, on Gary Harris. He's only played 14 games. So let's let's be realistic. He'll need a few more more games to kind of get his legs under him, start hitting those shots that we expect him to hit. Uh, I think he'll get there. But really quickly on Markel, my goodness. I mean, this kid has been balling lately. Same thing. Has only played 21 games right now. He kind of slowed down for a little while there, struggling with some games. But... The last three, 16 points, 16 points, 18 points. But the best part, shooting, my goodness, around 65% from the field. I mean, you heard that right. Markel Fultz, 65% from the field in the last three games. And most of those are mid-range shots, contested mid-range shots. Um, What I really like, if you ask me, is the fact that he's not forcing the three-pointers. He's not trying to prove to people, hey, I can hit them or I can take them. If he's open, he's taking them. And unfortunately, he hasn't been making them lately. But he's not like sh- shooting air balls. He's not hitting the backboard. Like he's shooting quality threes. Not going in right now, but everything else is going in for him. Um, the best part, the ball distribution. How well he's playmaking for the team and setting everyone else to success. Um, seven assists, five assists, seven assists. His last three games. Again, it's showing that this guy has the ball in his hands. Something good will happen. Either he's going to make a basket or get somebody else in a good position to score. Um, so, I mean, I cannot say enough things about Markel Fultz, except the word leadership comes to mind. This guy is a leader, whether it is vocal or not, I'm not sure. I'm not in the locker room, but you can see it on the court. He's always trying to control the player's emotions. If there's a weird call that doesn't go our way, he's the first one to go to the player and try to calm them down. If a big play happens, he's the first one out there celebrating on the court with the players. Um, so I, I cannot say enough thing, enough good things about Markel, except that we waited so long to watch this Markel Fultz on the court doing what he is doing. I just hope for health because if he, if this continues, remember that tweet that he, he tweeted back in the offseason about Ford seed? Yep. I wonder if he had been healthy and he hadn't stubbed his toe back in training camp, like where would the magic be right now if he had been playing, you know, 41 games instead of 21? Uh, I think we would have won at least at least five to six more. So we would be at 500 or maybe one game above 500. We would be up there in the seventh, sixth seed conversation, maybe not fourth, but really impressed what we've seen from Markel lately. What about you? 
Yeah, to, to go from a point where we didn't have a point guard and we were sharing those duties between, you know, Paolo Bancaro and, and Franz Wagner to now being able to have Markel Foltz um, is is so crucial to the Magic. It's the reason why we've been playing really good basketball. I'm not saying that he's perfect and, and you know, the, the Kings game is, is an example of, you know, the Magic not playing well. But in the last 10 games, Markel's been averaging 12.4 points a game, six assists. 4.6 rebounds so he's he's a playmaker man and he's a big point guard he's able to get whatever shot he wants and and you know he has a good dribbling package he he finds a way to be crafty and being able to get into you know the lane uh, JJ Redick um you know described his game the 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 best way he plays awkward he's an awkward player the way that he runs the way that he moves and I don't mean awkward in a bad way this is probably the only time i would ever use the word awkward as as a compliment there's nobody else like him in the nba um and he finds a way to be able to get his team involved and the fact that he's out there getting almost five rebounds as your point guard is is big because you know you you need that type of support you need that type of um uh, advantage that he is able to bring his mid-range is is lethal um, the fact that, you know, there, there was a, a point, I can't remember what game it was, but there was a point where, you know, uh, Markel was going to the free throw line to, you know, at, at, during crunch time and he knocked down both. Yep. This is somebody that people were pointing at and laughing at as a number one pick. You're a bus. You can't shoot. Look at his shot. It's ugly. It's awkward. And this is somebody that really found a, a, a home in, in Orlando and, I know there's there's so many people out there that are really hard on Markel Fultz and they don't believe that Markel Fultz is is the point guard of the future. I get everyone's concern with hit, with him not being able to to hit three point shots. I I I get that, right? But he's he's not. I've said this a million times. There's one thing that he's not afraid to do is he's not afraid to shoot the three ball. Now he's not going out there doing five six attempts a game. But if he's open, he's going to take that shot. Whether he hesitates or not, he's he's going to take it. And I think that you know he's so he's proved how valuable he is for the Orlando Magic. And I'm really excited to to continue to see him be healthy and, and be able to keep pushing this forward, man. Because he's a he's a big piece of what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think we talked about it last week a little bit, like Cole Anthony being so inconsistent, unfortunately this is what Markel actually brings to the table. It's kind of some consistency. Yeah, he's not going to score 25 every night. He's not going to go and hit you a bunch of three-pointers, but he's going to lead this team. He's going to be a leader on the court. He's going to be a great point guard. You can depend on that every single night. And yeah, well, you talked about those big free throws he made against Portland. We were up one. He stepped up and hit them both. In the crunch time, that helped to seal the win. Again, years ago, that would have been a known thing. He was going to miss those free throws. Markel has worked a ton on his shot, free throws included. And you can see it. I mean, his confidence is there. He's making shots when it matters. What's going on, Magic fans? The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wildcard action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. 
action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Absolutely. And and it the magic are getting healthier and healthier and healthier. And you're starting to see really what this team is capable of. Um, and you know, speaking of healthy. You know, it, it was announced that Jonathan Isaac was going to be able to um, join the Lakeland Magic in an official basketball capacity. Um, and after missing two and a half seasons, a total of 892 days, um, rehabilitating that that left knee injury, we we're finally able to see Jonathan Isaac play. And, and big shout-outs to Valley Sports Florida and Son, who um, last minute was able to, to say, hey, we're going to be streaming this game on – on Bally Sports, and we're able to watch it. And, you know, Jonathan Isaac, regardless of how you feel about J.I. from off the court, on the court, him not being able to play, whatever the case may be, it's a long time coming. And regardless of your feelings for J.I., there's a there's a, a high likelihood that whether you don't like him, you like him, you're watching, you're watching him play. And the fact that we're finally able to see him on the court – Thank God it, it was a it was about damn time. We've waited a really, really long time for J.I. to play. And we got to a point where we went from really needing him to play. Like we we have we cannot survive without a Jonathan Isaac with with Nicola and Nevin Fournier and Aaron Gordon to us saying, hey, we got Paulo Ben Carroll. J.I. plays, J.I. plays. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And if he does, it's a bonus. But I just I personally feel like this is a different type of bonus. The fur my first instincts or or my first opinion when I saw Jonathan Isaac check in because he was on a minutes restrictions, as you can imagine, uh, the in the broadcast he said about 15 minutes. He was playing the last three, four minutes of every quarter. When he checked in, ow, this dude was a monster compared to everybody else. A monster. This dude looked like Goliath. One, I think that we can all kind of agree he's not six foot eleven. He's definitely a lot taller than that. Two, just his size, his mass. Like the dude is 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 a big dude. And then, you know, maybe you're gonna have those people that say, Well, of course, man, he's he's playing against G League players. I'm not I'm not talking about that, right? Because G League, not G League, these are professional athletes and they're all big. Jonathan Isaac was a mammoth. He was he was a man amongst boys. And not only did he look big, he played big, which was great. Um, what were your thoughts on on seeing J.I. for the first time? I mean, uh, first of all, really, really happy to see him play. I mean, you can leave politics out of this. You can leave anything personal opinions out of this. Just a basketball player. To see him on the court again, I mean, my last memory of J.I. was in the bubble. And I actually remember because I was invited by the Magic to be one of those like uh, virtual fans that were put on TVs, like on the arena. And I remember we're blowing out the Kings that game, playing so well. And all of a sudden, fourth quarter, we're up by like 20-something points, and J.I. goes down. And I remember clearly just my just holding my head. I don't know if I made it on TV or not doing that, but I just couldn't move for about maybe 
five minutes. I couldn't believe this kid was playing so well and that happened to him. But what reminds me, what I saw yesterday reminds me a lot of the way that he played in that, that game against the Kings. He was dominating. He was playing so well in the bubble. He showed the same flashes he showed last night. He was dunking, playing aggressive. And I'm like, wait, so this kid has not lost a step. He hasn't really missed a beat. He looks exactly like he did in the bubble, which was really impressive because he came out the same way, scoring quickly. His his shot was going in, going to the hoop, not showing really a hesitation to put to put some some uh, weight on that knee. So that was really the most impressive thing to me that he didn't seem scared. He was not wearing a knee brace. So those little things to me mean a lot. Now, performance wise, 15 points, five rebounds, an assist, a block in only 14 minutes. Really, really good effort by J.I. yesterday. Now, we just found out today before we started recording, he's actually going to be playing uh, tomorrow night in Lakeland, Saturday night. That's going to be really, really exciting to see how he bounces back, how he, how his knee holds up to a second game now with Lakeland. And even better than that is, we're probably going to hear at some point, maybe Monday or Tuesday next week, is he going to play next Friday? Um, so a big week for I mean, me. It, 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 makes, it makes sense. Like it does. Okay, let's 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 be honest. All right, he plays his second game with Lakeland. He's not going to play anymore. And Watch had already said that the the prediction or or the the thought process is expectation is for him to play two games. He plays those two games. Okay, what is he supposed to do from there? If we're if we're talking about him being conditioning, what's the whole point of playing him two games in Lakeland? <clears throat> to then not play him any more basketball for another month or two. Like that, to me, that doesn't make any sense. What would make sense is you have him go out, play two games at Lakeland. Great. Get all those first game jitters out of the way. You know, get, get your legs under you and then bring you back to the big boys. Like that makes sense. It's an easy transition. The magic will be back at home. There's a really strong possibility that Jonathan Isaac will be playing for the Orlando Magic at home January 20th. And I will be hosting the Orlando Magic HQ podcast. Hey, that would, it, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be something? Episode one of it? Not really the episode first, the one. First, but... We might, we oh might have to. If that's what happens, <laughs> we might have to keep it that way. We may have to. Let, let's see. Let's see what happens. But hey, what, what about this? I'm going back here and looking. And I think the last time that we recorded while J.I. was playing, and I'm going back to look here, it must have been episode 35 or 36. I can't quite pinpoint it right now, but it's either 35 or 36. It's been 105 episodes since J.I. played a basketball game for the Magic that we've done. 105. Isn't that crazy? So with that being said, yes, if he does play here in January, as we talked about last week, yeah, I host a podcast, and hey, I'm gonna have to keep it that way because if, if if the new name is good luck for us, I, I'm I'm all for it, man. I'll do there it. There you go, there you go. I mean, I I feel like we saw a lot from Jonathan Isaac from, you know, him doing some playmaking with with RJ Hampton, uh, from you know two handed dunks to trying to catch an alley attempt on on his like very like he tried my my dude tried to dunk on somebody his very first possession yep. in the game. Um, two-handed slams left and right, turnaround jumper. Um, the the only thing that had me a little concerned was that that wide open miss that he had uh, on that dunk. Uh, he's they said that uh, post game with with Dante that you know he he got a little too excited. Um, so we're we're gonna brush that one off 
um, based off of Russ. But you know, there, there's a lot of things to to look at and 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 be excited about. Like the one thing that I that really stood out to me outside of the size was that he looked really aggressive out there, and it reminded me back to the bubble where we brought him back in. And he came in and he was looking for his offense. He was looking for his shot. Um, and I saw the same thing here. And obviously that's that's what he's gonna try and do because it's it's a it's a G League. Um, but now I'm interested to see what that's gonna look like when he returns. I mean, really follow-up question for you. So where does I know for a fact that GI is not gonna be in the starting lineup, you know, if he does come back Friday, it's not gonna happen. You know, we know it's gonna be a heavy minutes restriction, he's not gonna play back to backs. We know all that. But question for you is, where does he fit in ever, even next year, in the starting lineup? Do you think the Magic go big in the sense of Markel Foles, Franz, Paolo, J.I., Wendell? That's kind of what the future holds if J.I. is fully, fully healthy here come next season. I think that if J.I. can stay healthy, I think that he's going to play my bet if I was to put money on it my money would be that he's going to play so good basketball, it would be impossible not to put him in the starting lineup. He's going to force his way there just because of his level of play. What's not going to happen is Franz is not going to get benched. Paolo Bancaro is not going to get benched. So if you're looking to go traditional, right, I could see a world where maybe you put him at the five. What if he takes over Wendell and Wendell comes off the bench? I don't see that um, like really physically happening, but I can see a world that it does. What if Wendell gets injured, right? Maybe he fills in minutes there. But um, we we saw or we heard the the comments. I can't remember who's who's a reporter. I think it was Fisher. I, I can't remember who. Um, but it was that you know the Orlando Magic. They're 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 the only. Everyone talks about going positionless basketball, <clears throat> and the Magic are the only only ones that are doing it. What type of message would it send if you did put Jonathan Isaac with Paolo Bancaro, with Wendell, with Markel, with Franz in the starting lineup? That this is the 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 style of play, and mm-hmm. it reminds me of the Magic going with Hito Turkoglu and Richard Lewis in the sense where the point, the, the, the stretch four position was created by the Orlando magic. We created that. Right. And then everyone started finding their own stretch fours. You know, it, it, the NBA turned into small ball. It turned into being able to put two guards together, um, two small guards together to, to, you know, on the lineup. Why? Why not? Why not try and see what happens? I want to see a lineup. Um, maybe not necessarily, you know, starting right away, but at some point, I want to be able to see that lineup on the floor to see what ends up happening. Um, don't you think it would be a good idea to put your five best players in the starting lineup? I don't. I don't see. I don't see. So if Jonathan Isaac doesn't start, then. He he's easily going to be your sixth man that comes into the game in the first, you know, three four minutes. But I I think that we're going to get to a point where he plays too good a basketball that you cannot not start him. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, not not right away. As, let, let's clarify that. I think whether it's a few months down the road. Yeah, um, not, not I, I don't know. Right I, it, I mean, the thing too is, do the Magic know more than we know? Meaning. Has he been ready to play maybe heavier minutes than we know? He played 15 already, game one with Lakeland. 
Remember, Jalen Suggs last week, in his first game back, played five, and that was his minutes restriction. So what does that say? We, we don't know. But I think we'll see him come off the bench for sure for maybe, I will say, maybe a few weeks, a month. And then after that, we'll maybe see some conversations about, hey, do we put him in the starting lineup? But it's going to be interesting, right? Because you got Cole Anthony saying, I should be a starter. Jalen Suggs was your first pick last year in the drafts. So what do you do with him? It's a lot of dudes that you know that want to play, that eventually you have to make some decisions. Um, but GI holds the cards. He's the highest paid player. He's a guy you've been investing in for six years now. If he comes back, stays healthy, and plays the way that we know he can, massive upgrade for us. Just on the defensive end alone. Think about that. Like how much of an defense, upgrade for us that is. Yeah, defensively, I'm looking forward to seeing Wendell and Jonathan Isaac like control the Crazy. pain. Control the pain. Like I I am I am all for that, especially because you know, the one the one drawback that a lot of people have about Wendell is that, you know, for the most part, for your center, he's an undersized center. Um, so to be able to have Jonathan Isaac kind of be his his backup in a sense, where he's able to kind of like look over his shoulder and, and look out for him on you know on on the weak side, I, I think that people are going to be um people are gonna quickly forget <clears throat> about these two and a half years. People are gonna quick quickly forget about a lot of the things that people didn't like, you know, on, on the court, off the court. What I what I do like about this Jonathan Isaac is that it feels as if not only are we getting Jonathan Isaac, but we're getting like the veteran version of Jonathan Isaac. We're getting a little wiser, True. you know, basketball Jonathan Isaac. And I think that that's going to, that's going to go a long way for a team that um, we're, we're short, we're short on vets. And I think that, you know, Jonathan Isaac still has a lot of growing to, to do develop, developing on the court and, and getting accustomed back to the game. Um, but man, to be able to have another six foot, or excuse me, seven footer on the team that can bring the ball down the court, that can handle the ball, that is massive and long, and and is able to do a lot of damage. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I don't I don't think I think that if in a wild world, if the Magic did make the plan, right? If we really did make the plan, um, the Magic would easily be the one team, in my opinion that we're the wild card. Like our record doesn't reflect our team because no one's been able to see our team fully healthy. Mm -hmm. And if any one of these teams are playing the magic in a plan, I would imagine that we wouldn't be like their, their, their number one choice to play against just because we're, we're the wild. You don't know what you're going to get. And I think that that's the, that's the part that's exciting because the magic do have an opportunity to really be scary on so many different levels. Because at that point, once we get into the playing, we're looking at in, in in a short period, a way more wiser Paolo Bancaro, a more <clears throat> a more polished Franz Wagner. Now Markel is is more deep into his game because he's had more games underneath him. Same with Jonathan Isaac. I think that man, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a problem if the Magic can continue playing this this level, and we can stay healthy. Things could turn around in a way where a lot of the tankers are not they're not gonna be happy, and I'm a okay with it. I mean, you said it. We were 11 and six in our last 17 games. Now you're gonna be bringing you know, adding back a guy like Ji that's gonna come in and. At the beginning, add strength off the bench, which right now is a weakness for us. For the last few games, we keep seeing that the starters do a great job, 
bench comes in and, and the lead goes away. I think Jai can help balance that off a little bit. But to me, he's a sneaky trade acquisition that you just got out of nowhere, right? Like it's a guy that you picked up that you didn't have for the last two years that can come in and make a huge impact on your team. Again, not having minutes at first, but even those small minutes that he will play can have a huge impact on this team. So to your point, I think we're playing so well. And to say now, hey, we're getting healthier. Jalen Suggs is, is slowly getting back. GI is now coming back. I mean, it, the sky's the limit for this team. We've known that. And that's why it was so hard the first 17 games to see this team, or whatever it was, 21 games, see this team go 5-16. and 16 Because we're like, wait, this is not what we expected. This is not what we right. knew we were going to get from this team. Now we're seeing it. We're getting healthy at the right time. And again, we have a ton of games left, man. We got 40 games left. There's a lot of basketball still to be played. Yeah. So like that, that second unit. So uh, <clears throat> a lot of times people were upset that you didn't have Paulo on the floor. You didn't have Franz. We had that second unit that didn't have those players. And you're kind of like, most, what, what are we doing? Um, I think that when you look at the second unit, you got Cole, you got Terrence Ross. Now you're throwing in, you know, Jonathan Isaac. Now you're throwing in, um, you know, uh, Mo Wagner, you're hoping that Chuma eventually gets back. Um, you're you're throwing that unit, and now that unit looks a little bit better than than it did. You know, adding Jonathan Isaac immediately, even after not playing for two and a half years, immediately upgrades your bench unit. <clears throat> and I think that when you look at Jonathan Isaac, you can you can tell that the instincts didn't fade. <clears throat> Dante Marcatelli even said this on on um, while he was commentating, like. You know, Jonathan Isaac was injured, but his shot wasn't injured. Like, this is somebody that was still putting in the work, um, at least on, in the upper body, to at least allow, you know, that area of his game to be polished. Yeah, it may not be, you know, game time type polished, but still out there going through the mechanics is, is really important. It's going to be crazy, man, because, you know, there's a lot of doubters out there that are not expecting Jonathan Isaac to do anything. And I think that, G League or not G League, at the very least, he went in there and he showed flashes. And I think that, you know, that's that's the one thing that anybody wanted. I went in there with zero expectations. I just wanted him to end the game not sore, healthy, and he gave us way more than that. He definitely gave us a show. For sure. And now, I mean, all the attention for me personally is on tomorrow's game. I want to see how he follows it up. But then yep. also next week, I really, really hope that that 20, I think it is, against the Pelicans – that is the day he comes back because if that is the case, Amway is going to be rocking. You know, we've been waiting for so long for this guy to come back. And not only that, but to be able to see, you know, J.I. with Markel again on the court. That was exciting when we got a, the few games we got to see that was so exciting. And then you add to that now Franz, you know, Wendell, Paolo, Cole Anthony. Like it, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun team to watch. So I'm really, really hoping that it happens next week. Yeah, so... Um, definitely let us know in the comments how you guys feel about Jonathan Isaac's first game back in Lakeland. Um, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube and, and you're listening to this in your car, whatever case may be, send us a DM. We definitely want to know um, because we've heard uh, mixed emotions, mixed reactions. Um, but exciting stuff. We'll see what ends up happening Saturday with Jonathan Isaac. And hopefully we get a chance to see him join the team. Um, soon our our best guesstimate is going to be the the 20th of january that's that's our best guesstimate um i i do want to bring back the conversation around Franz. Franz has been absolutely dominating um especially in the fourth quarter um the nickname is already coming out fourth uh fourth quarter Franz. 
Um, he scored the fifth most fourth quarter points in the NBA at 259. The only players that have scored more than him in the fourth qu- in the fourth quarter has, <clears throat> has been Giannis, um, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron, and Donovan Mitchell. Um, just recently, Bill, um, Bill Simmons in his podcast, um, they were talking about players that, that would be good fill-ins for the All-Star. Um, and Bill Simmons is such a major fan of Franz Wagner. Like he is so he is on the Franz Wagner hype train. Um, they were even joking about, you know, the fact that he'd be willing <clears throat> to trade Jason Tatum and, and a future pick for Franz Wagner, which which I thought that was funny that they were teasing about him because he he really likes Franz Wagner a lot. And uh, one of the things that he talked about, he's like, man, listen, if we if we were to do a redraft, you know, Mobley, in his opinion, would would still go one. But number two would be Franz Wagner. Like Franz would go number two, <clears throat> not 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 Cade Cunningham, not not your boy Jalen Green, uh, nothing in his mind. It would be one Mobley, two Franz, followed by Giddy, and whoever else. But Cade wasn't there until like maybe the fifth pick, and the fact that we're even talking about like legitimately redrafting Franz at two. I I how how could I not agree? One, I'm biased, so I'm I'm definitely gonna definitely going to go that route um but two he's 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 been balling out and you know you you look at it as the magic really won last year's draft and obviously killed this year's draft um by doing what i i consider a heist of the century um but what what are your what are your thoughts on that the fact that people are still speaking so highly of franz and and his name is really being put out there the way that it is I mean, the first things first, when you talk about the fourth quarter scoring, and you mentioned France and the names, you know, around Giannis, DeMar, LeBron, Mitchell, to hear his name mentioned around those names, it's just impressive in its own. Um, I mean, to hear any Magic player, for that for that matter, being mentioned around those names, the last time we could maybe say that was, well, who? Maybe Dwight, way back in the days? Yep. Vooch, I don't think he even made it to that, to that discussion. Um, but that's really, really impressive to begin with. About the redraft, I would say, honestly, man, I I like Mobley a lot. But looking at his numbers, I mean, I get it. He's playing on a winning team. He's got Donovan Mitchell on his team now. Two all three all stars in the team right now, um, possibly four. So I think his individual numbers are now what they should be because again, he's not getting as much attention on the offensive end of the floor. Um, but I don't know. It's highly debatable whether I would take France one or Mobley one in that case. But I completely agree. I mean, unfortunately for um, Cade, he's been hurt this year, so we cannot really see what he can do on the court. We saw some of it last year. And Jalen Green is unfortunately developing into a scorer in a bad team. That's all we can say for him right now. He, he is athletic. He can drop points. He can do well. But he's not impacting winning in Houston so far. I think France has had more of an opportunity to, to have, have an impact on the Magic, and we've seen it. He's won games in the fourth quarters literally by himself, the way that he did it against Portland this past week. Um, so really impressive, and to your point, if you ask me, we won this draft with Paolo, we won last year's draft with Franz, that's how you do a rebuild and do it right. So I think the Magic have hit two big, big home runs in the last two years' draft. It, it makes me even more excited for what may happen this year because if you have two, two at-bats again coming up to get a good player, they may hit a home run again and get a third really, really good player to add to this quad that we already have. It's crazy. But Franz, man, I cannot say enough good things about him. 
it's highly debatable right now. Who's my favorite player on the team? Is it Franz? Is it Paolo? Like, who, who's my go-to, my number one option? It's hard for me to say. Um, either one. I, I like the fact they take turns. One quarter, kind of Paolo is, is bronze with the show. The next one is, is Franz doing it. It's working out great. Um, but it's amazing, man. I, I really just hope that this two develop and continue to develop the chemistry on the court because it is really hard in the NBA to have two talented young guys at the same time and that get along so well on the court. It, big things can happen for the Magic in the future if that continues. Yeah, he's averaging over 20 points a game. Now we we have two studs on the team, which is which is great. Um, I, I feel like Bill Simmons is he's uh, he's he mentioned that he's watched way more Orlando, Orlando Magic games than than he he expected to watch this year, which is great. Um, if you don't know, Bill Simmons actually runs uh, the Ringer, so <clears throat> the Ringer also uh, just just came out with um, you know their their top 100 NBA player rankings. I feel like the Magic are starting to get a lot of love. Wendell Carter was ranked 83rd. Franz Wagner was ranked 69th. Paolo Bay Carroll was ranked 62nd. When we look at the players that Franz Wagner was ahead of, we're looking at players like Tyrese Maxey. We're looking at players like, um, uh, excuse me. No, 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 I apologize. I went backwards. We're looking at players like Cade Cunningham, Al Horford, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, we're looking at players like Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Kuzma. Like these are these are players that you know last year we we weren't saying these things, right? Um Paulo Bancaro, another another player that, you know, he's he has a legitimate shot of, you know, making it into the NBA All-Star game. To players that that he's better than Marcus Smart, CJ McCollum, um Tyrese Maxey. You know, these these are these are this is this is where we're we're at with the magic, man. We're we're a team that is that is respected now. We're we're being talked about in, in high regards. And you know, it's it's great now when we see the top one hundred NBA players, we're not looking at it like, oh damn, where where's the magic player? Oh well, honorable mention, Nikola Vucevic. Like we're not we're not we're not at that point anymore. So it's it's exciting, man. It's exciting to see the names on that list. Yeah, and I mean, when you think about like every week when the NBA does a player of the week announcements, uh, you see that Paolo or Franz, they take turns yeah. being in that list. Player of the month for the Eastern Conference, Paolo or Franz, always, always mentioned in there. Talking about the All-Star game now, Paolo, number eight still amongst forwards in the Eastern Conference in the second return that just came out. So when you think about like the NBA is taking notice, like these two kids are really, really talented. And the crazy, crazy part is, man, these kids are 20 and 21 years old. Like the future is so bright. Both of them are just so mature. They they play the game like they've been in the league for years, even though they're one is a rookie, one is a sophomore. That's the scary part. That if if that's only getting started, imagine what they can be, you know, a couple of years from now. Uh, it's it's incredible. But love the attention that we're getting, love the respect that we're getting. We also had uh, Mark Spears from ESPN do a report or an article on Paulo Banquero recently. So that attention, you, you can see it kind of from every angle coming in, articles, videos, uh, respect in podcasts. It's been years. See, that can be said about the Magic. Even when we had, you know, Vooch playing well and making the playoffs, that wasn't always the case. We were kind of a joke. Like, we'll make the playoffs, but we'll lose in the first round. We'll get swept. That was the message always. Right now, they can sense the vibe is different, that we're only getting started. And again, the future is really, really bright. Yeah, Paolo Bancaro remains number one in the NBA rookie ladder, um, which no surprise there. 
Um, and he still remains at that eighth spot among forwards in the Eastern Conference. <clears throat> Is Paolo going to make the All-Star game? I, I think so. If not by votes, of course, because I don't think he'll earn, earn it because of that. <laughs> I think some way, somehow, the, the coaches, the players, whatever it may be, are going to give this kid a chance to make it to the All-Star game. He deserves it. And if we continue to win some more games, I think that would also make a huge impact. We're doing well so far. We've got to keep it going a few more weeks um, so he can lock it in. But I think we will see him there. Yeah. So um, a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, Bobo returned back from his health and protocol but did not play. Um, is that just to see, just to give him some extra time? Is it to kind of see what what his what Moses' rotations are right now? Did he fall out? Like these are questions that we want to see answered um, when we face uh, Utah tonight and then Denver on Sunday. Um, RJ Hampton back with the Lakeland Magic. Um, we saw him play with uh, Jonathan Isaac, and then we we also saw Mo Bamba kind of you know fall out of the rotation with with Mo Wagner. Uh, put in a lot of work for us. So I'm really interested interested to see kind of how this week plays out, um, you know, after the game, um, you know, at Utah and then and then Sunday, you know, at Denver. The Magic have four days off, so another brutal uh, stretch where there's really no Magic basketball happening. But you know what would be happening? Practices. Practices yep. that Jonathan Isaac can be a part of. Which is, um, you know, exciting because it it, it all falls in line. It, it what perfect opportunity to get him in the fold with the, those four days off to then join the team against the Pelicans. That's that's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah. So, um, real quick, man, what are, what are your thoughts on you know the Utah Denver? Do we do we steal do we steal that one against Denver? That's the one that I'm excited about, just because it's. You know, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, he's been playing good basketball, but I want I want to see Paulo kind of go at him a little bit. That's going to be fun. I, I didn't think of that until now, but Paulo against AG is going to be a fun matchup. Um, a lot of fans were saying the last few games in December when Paulo was struggling, oh, he's turning into AG. So imagine <laughs> right. when Paulo plays bad, he's turning into AG. That's the worst case scenario I can take it. What does AG <laughs> turn into when he's playing bad? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I think, I think we win one. I don't know which one. So I'm going to do the same thing I did last week when I said we either beat Portland or we beat the Kings. I think we win one of those two games coming up. I think it might be Utah, my, my preferred one. If not, I think we'd beat Denver. My only hope is that we win three games in this road trip. If we can end it with a three and two record, that That's is massive bad. for us. Massive, massive to come home. I think we have five games coming up at home or four. After this uh, road trip with a nice four days off in between and possibly J.I. coming back, that's a perfect kind of setup there to to end um, January, head into February and the All-Star break. So exciting stuff coming up. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Nuggets are currently the number one team in the West. Are they number one team in NBA? No, it's a Boston. But they're, mm -hmm. they're number West. They got their reigning MVP in in you know the Joker, so it's is gonna be fun, man. Uh, again, the matchup with Aaron Gordon—that's that's what I'm most excited about. Just because the last time we played against him, Aaron Gordon had a little—he's being a little chippy, which I I wasn't too fond of. You know, if you remember, Aaron Gordon didn't have the friendliest of exits. So, um, any chance we get to to battle against him, man, it's 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 gonna be exciting. And you know, I'm hoping between the two games, I'm hoping we take that Denver game. That Denver game would would be awesome. But if I'm a betting man, I, I'd say Utah. 
for sure. Yes, sir. But man, uh, a lot, a lot of things that we discussed. I, I didn't think we were going to get that full hour into this episode, but definitely a lot of topics. And uh, man, we'll we'll see what ends up happening. Um, the very last episode of the Ozone Podcast. Rest in peace to the Ozone. Um, as we transition into the Orlando Magic HQ podcast. Yes, On sir. So next note, week, man. next week, look for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. On that note, man, it's a wrap. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at The Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.